Welcome into another episode of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host today, AJ Hayfley, alongside Nathan Rudolph. Rudolph, how was your weekend, sir? It was a good weekend. Enjoyed a, a bit of time to, to relax after the 4th of July festivities and ready to get back at it now. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Um, this job has always been different for me in that I don't have um, like a Monday to Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, my schedule is whatever the app schedule is. And then yeah. since their season has ended, it's become a, it's become a Monday through Friday job <laughs> uh, with the podcast and, and doing it the way that we do it. You know, we, we record it uh, usually in the early or early afternoon, maybe mid morning and then, and then post it and then do whatever writing and all that. But on the weekends, it's become like, you know, I'm just not going to do anything unless news happens, you know? Right. But no pod because that's, you know, that's who we are and all that. So it's, it's weird that like my non Monday through Friday job is now a Monday through Friday (laughs) job. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, it's a Monday through Friday job that just added a great new sponsor, actually. Uh, and, and we've got to take a second here. Uh, to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, which is now the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, and certainly mine, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you have been looking for. I'm that kind of guy. This is absolutely in my alley. Look for Strawberry Sky, your local liquor store, or any other Breckenridge beer. Make sure that you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar, which is new on bsndenver.com. We just launched it this week. You'll be able to see all the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSB, RSVP, my gosh, and have a good time. Come hang out with us. The watch parties are always a great time. We actually have one tomorrow on Tuesday night if anybody is interested. Uh, it is a BSN Rockies watch party for the All-Star game. Four Rockies were voted in. If you're interested in that at all, come on down to that. I'm likely going to be there. I'm trying to talk Rudo into joining me so that we can get a beer and watch baseball, which is totally not our thing, but is going to be awesome anyway. So if you guys have an interest, uh, do that. Yeah, I, I think I should be there. Maybe I'll get a vanilla porter. I really like that one, actually. Um, I want to try the Strawberry Sky because I'm, I've am i learned over the years of not being a big beer drinker, um, but I, I have learned that I do like uh, the lighter beers. Yeah, I, I tend to like the darker ones, but it's I still haven't like figured out what I really like. Every time I go to the liquor store, I just buy something I haven't had before. So, yeah, um, you know, I boy, I don't I don't spend very much time uh, consuming alcohol anymore. I feel like I'm ugh, I'm an old man now. I just don't. Um, it's it's just it's it's an acquired taste, and that, that's always been a weird phrase for me. Yeah, so, that's fair. I, 
Like, why would you need to acquire something? You either like it or you don't, right? <laughs> like, why would you want to, like, oh, I don't like this, but I have to drink this enough times that I've learned to like it or, you know, whatever. And um, with beer, it was always just that disconnect. Like, you give me, like, rum or whiskey or whatever. Like, I'm there. You know, scotch. Like, I'm, sure, sign me up. I'm in. Uh, but when it comes to beer, it's always just been different for me. Just haven't found the right one yet. Yeah, and but I'm really excited about this partnership with Breckenridge because we uh, we I I have enjoyed uh, several of their beers over the years, and obviously the Avalanche one I get. Um, it, we'll call it as regularly as I can as a beer drinker. Um, when I do drink beer, if they have an Avalanche like on tap, I'm I'm all for that. So uh, anyway. That that's new on BSN. We'll be talking about it a lot this week and be pushing that uh, well a lot moving forward because they're a huge new partner of ours as the official beer of BSN Denver. I'm excited that we've built this enterprise up enough that we have an official beer. Um, Rudo, maybe somebody who um, probably should have had a little less beer over the weekend. <laughs> Sonny Milano and and AJ Greer uh, arrested in New York City over the weekend, uh, charged with assaults. Yeah, I guess it's third degree, so it's just a misdemeanor. But not a good look. Uh, obviously, there aren't that many details about what actually happened <clears throat> out there. There's a lot of hearsay, so so it's really hard to actually make a judgment on it. But it's never a good thing when something like that comes out. It's not, and especially these are two guys who are in very, very similar situations. Yeah. Um, both guys that are more was expected of them. Milano, a first round pick uh, in 2014, Greer, a second round pick in 2015. Yep. Um, you know, Milano is a guy that point per game in the AHL last year and has been prolific in his production at that level previously uh, was drafted and well known for puck skills, high end puck skills, crazy stuff that he can do with the puck on a stick. It turns out the, the game is a lot more than that though. And he has really struggled to carve out any kind of a role with the Columbus blue jackets. Sound familiar? Because I could have <laughs> just described AJ Greer as well as a guy who has been productive in the AHL, but hasn't been able to carve out a consistent role with the avalanche, two very different players, but two guys that haven't been able to break into the league with their respective franchises. Is this the end of the road for both of these guys in these organizations? Boy, it's hard to say. I definitely doesn't help them. Right. And with Greer, the clock was at 11.59 anyway, right? It was either you make the abs this year or you're waiver eligible and there's a good chance that you're going elsewhere. So I don't know how much the abs will know about this information. Obviously, they've known it. They knew it happened and they made a statement about it, but... A very much a, a wait-and-see statement, yeah, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to really say in, until I think the abs get a little bit more information and then we'll see how the impact kind of kind of pans out yet. Greer has not been signed to a contract yet, although mm-hmm. he was QO'd, so there is that. I 
again, this is a really hard situation for me to judge because I don't know what happened. All we know is that there was an altercation at like 6.30 in the morning and they've been charged with third degree assault. Everything else is, oh, well, Sonny Milano's dad supposedly says it's not about money. The guy who called the cops says it's about the bill at the nightclub they were at. And I would like to try and say innocent until proven guilty here because that's how it's supposed to work. For sure. And I put out a tweet, um, you know, saying uh, in response to somebody who tweeted at me. Uh, and I said, you know, there's there's more at play here than just these guys' careers. Obviously, there was some bad decision making, um, and I'm not I'm I'm of the opinion that you pretty much can't cut this anyway and say that there wasn't bad decision making somewhere along the way that led up to an incident like this. For sure, a lot of people are able to go out and get crazy every night and and party it up and and live that lifestyle with without confrontation on a regular basis you know they don't uh, situations like this don't just fall out of the sky you know so there's there's and these are two guys who aren't nearly high profile enough for them to one be throwing money around like that uh to that it would draw that kind of attention and two for somebody to just recognize them especially in a place like manhattan yeah so Um, you know, I'm, I'm AJ Greer. I don't know that he would get recognized at a bar in downtown Denver. Right. Out, outside of like the diehard of diehards. Maybe across the street from the Eagles arena or something. But. <laughs> right, right. So I I think I do think, you know, I hope I hope everything I hope the, the guy that got beat up is all right. You know, I, of it, sound, it sounded like he was fine. Uh, he didn't seem to seek any kind of medical attention. So clearly it wasn't. Wasn't that big of a deal, but more than anything, it's just bad, bad decision making here uh, for two, two young guys trying to find their footings in their careers, especially the way that uh, the public perceives athletes who get into trouble with the law these days. It's no longer uh, just oh sweep this under the rug. It's no big deal. You know, it becomes it becomes a thing. Yeah, it's. It's real easy to be convicted of guilt in the the court of public opinion these days. It's pretty much you accuse somebody a lot of times and people just jump on it and they're like, oh, well, you did it. And we definitely want to let this process play out. We're certainly not drawing any conclusions here outside of bad decision making took place. That's my only that's the only conclusion that I will draw is that there were bad decisions made on that night that that led up to that. but. At the same time, you know, you hope everything's okay, um, that it's that it's not a big deal. Just, you know, from perspective of you hope two young guys aren't out there beating guys up at 6 o'clock in the morning over stuff that may not be a big deal. Right. It's, you know, it, it'll be really hard to say. At the end of the day, it's either maybe this isn't that big a deal that it's made out to be and it doesn't matter much at all and career goes on and doesn't make any more mistakes like this one however bad it was and ends mm-hmm. up being a good hockey player or or maybe it's a bigger problem behind the scenes that I just don't know about it I don't know and I may never know at this point I yeah. can tell you he's a good hockey player on the ice yeah he's good for the eagles um there has you know there's there's lots of things that we can get into and we I absolutely we absolutely will get into it because 
we've got a lot of talk about development coming up probably this week. Yeah. Um, and AJ Greer is going to be right at the heart of that because he's one of the big question marks where when you want to know about abs and their development and it's one thing if a guy's not good in the AHL and, and it's like, well, Hey, if he's not good in the AHL, why are you going to call him up? But right. this is a guy that's been very good in the AHL. Um, you, you do want to know, you know, is there something going on? Is there something off the ice that's been holding the abs back on this kid? You know, we, we don't know those things. So, you know, this is an unfortunate situation. I don't, I'm always afraid of saying the wrong thing when talking about this stuff. Cause I don't want to seem like I'm minimizing it. I don't want to seem like I'm not taking it seriously. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it's we we know almost nothing. Right. Work with the facts, and and right now there aren't very many facts, so it's it's hard. Yeah. So, all right. How about we take our first break? Yep. You know that uh, it might have been a uh, a game changing decision for those guys not to have uh, engaged in the activities they did over the weekend, but. You are looking for some game-changing coffee, and I have it for you. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. They have incredible reviews. Make sure that you check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. Not psychoactive. I can't stress this enough. I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend. Not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code BSN2019 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door. That is segment number one. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back on the other side to talk about Ryan Graves. Welcome in segment number two here, the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. As promised, Ryan Graves talk. Ryan Graves filed for salary arbitration last week. The Avs wrapped that up awfully quickly. Bright and early Monday morning, Ryan Graves signs a one-year deal, $735,000 in the NHL, $350,000 in the AHL, making it a two-way contract. Graves, downright revelation for them last year. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. He... The second he stepped into the NHL, he was significantly better than anything else they had tried there. So, Absolutely. I mean, looked worlds better, worlds more comfortable than Anton Lindholm, Mark Alt, some of the other guys that they had tried. Big difference there. Graves played an aggressive game both offensively and defensively and just let, let the decision-making go. You know, yeah. he was he was awfully fun to watch in a lot of ways. Uh, if I mean, if only because we didn't expect anything. Yeah, I mean, you look at his AHL performance and you're you're kind of shrugging your shoulders at it and going, this is not anything special at all. And then you get him into the NHL structure and, and you give him some of that freedom to where when he does make those aggressive plays, guess what? Someone's actually covering back for him. And so it works out pretty well. Yeah, it's it's really um, I kept I kept waiting for the kid to fail last yeah. year and he just didn't. 
Yeah. You know, because and and it sounds harsh to say, but we see guys come up from the AHL and have a good week all the time. Right. You know, those first two or three games, you know, maybe the first game there's a little bit of jitters, but um couple of games and they play really solid and you're like, oh man, what do we have here? And then you'll get two weeks where the guy is just wretched and you're like, oh boy. Right. Like, okay. This is this is what's up. Like this was okay. I get it now. And coaches coaches like to coach to worst case scenarios. Sure. You know, they like to they like to coach to a a bottom line, you know, what's the guy's worst? What's what's the guy at his worst? And if that guy's at, at his worst is detrimental to your chance of winning, then they won't put you in the lineup. Yeah. It's not it's not always about a guy's upside and about what he can do in terms of winning, but what he can keep you from doing uh and help the other team in the process of uh, of beating you. You know, winning games is hard enough, but if you got guys on the ice who are beating you, uh, on on that are on your side, that's it, it. Just gets even harder. And where Graves excelled is that he didn't do that. He did not. He didn't beat himself. And uh, you know when he made mistakes, he either got away with them or yeah, exactly. you know he or, or he just didn't make very many of them. He I, made up for them somehow. As long as he's got that four leaf clover tucked in his skate, <laughs> he's definitely helping the team. <laughs> I, I, he, I think he had goaltender has had like a 96% save percentage behind him or something insane. So he was quite lucky, but it worked for him too. And and he jumped up into the play and looked like he was having a positive impact regularly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And if you look at some of the fancy stats, they're kind of all over the place with him. Um, And with 26 games and especially a guy who uh, played as little as he did, you know, there were some nights he's playing 11, 12 minutes. Uh, you don't, you know, you you do what you can to to try to avoid making like really strong statements or feeling really strongly about him in any in either direction, good or bad. Uh, but he did have a PDO, uh, you know, one hundred one point three, so um, pretty high there. Yeah, it's and. You know, a PDO isn't necessarily completely luck either. You can say, oh, well, he got beat at times and the goalie's bailing him out, but he's also forcing players to the outside and they're taking lower percentage shots. So, Well, and that's that's where Graves got the the luckiest last year. Uh, At at, at 5v5 last year, he was a 46% high danger chances for. And and he was a 65%, I'm sorry, 64% in high danger chances or high danger goals for percentage. So he was giving up more high danger chances than he was creating. And uh, while he was on the ice, the high danger chances were still going in his favor or the high danger goals were still going in his favor, but the chances were not. So like I said, kind of flawed. It was a mixed bag from graves in terms of the fancy stats, but uh, certainly the eye test when you have no expectations of a guy, he was something. It's nice when you compare him to a player like Lindholm or Alt. Unfortunately, the bar with those type of guys is if he's invisible, they he had a good game and it goes down from there. With Graves, yes, he can make mistakes and look rough at times, but his his upside is oh, he actually looks good. 
the money that he got 26 games last year where he was solid doesn't get a big NHL raise, but $350,000 in the AHL makes him one of the highest paid guys in that league. Yeah. And that's fine. That's serious money for an AHL player. It, it really is. And, you know, we were talking a month ago, just give him a one way and, and be done with it. But obviously the bringing in Rosen and, and Connaughton, yeah, changed that dynamic quite a bit. So I'm glad the M's even managed to get him on any type of a two way deal. It, realistically it doesn't matter it's just dollar value there but and that's that's for the player but the abs have been doing this the last couple of years where they aren't giving out they're not just handing out one-way deals and letting all these guys you know cash in right but they are they have they have started the gravy train in the ahl you know mark alt's making 300k yeah as as the captain of the eagles you know some of these guys that they're signing are uh you know Daniel Renouf who we talked about last week. Yep. Uh he's getting a, a minimum of 325,000 this year, 350 next year in the AHL. So, you know, we're talking this is this is where the Avs have started to take some of their financial uh you know, it's a minor thing, right? Like it's not like a big thing that they're doing here, but they've got money to spend. And they're spending it in in this way. This is a way in which they are spending money in, in ways that other teams maybe can't. You know, because we're seeing them go out and get these guys. You know, TJ Tynan, they signed and he got $425,000 for the AHL from the ads. Yeah. Like, and he was a point per game guy last year in the AHL. You know, Jason Megna, another AHL guy that they signed, they gave $350,000 to as well. So they are they are giving out serious AHL money to guys, and I think it's turning them into an attraction. Yeah, I I agree. I think it even it started with guys like Agazino and Warsawski, and mm-hmm. we've talked about the fact that they give out the two year deals all the time to these type of guys. Yeah, the other Which they did again. What they did do, but the other side of it is with guys like Tynan. You shell out an extra hundred k, and you can get those guys on one year type deals as well. Mm-hmm. they are getting paid a lot closer to what a one-way contract would be. So that makes it more interesting for them to come over. And it it makes a nice, I don't know what to call it, a nice synergy for the, the AHL team to have veterans that want to be there. They're, they aren't guys that are buried and know that their NHL career is over and are making a tenth of what they would like to be making. It's yeah. a lot closer, it feels like, for them. These are these are guys who are coming over here, and this is their living. They know they're going to be in the AHL. Uh, hey, if they make the NHL, great. Right. Obviously, that's the dream. But their plan is to come over, play for the Eagles, and the Avs are giving them a financial incentive to, to come over and, and to care about it. And on a one-year deal, you're always proving yourself again and again and again as an AHL player because if you go out there and you have a stinker of a season, you have a 20-point season – there may not be work for you next year. Just right. flat out. Exactly. It, you're asked to perform and you're paid to perform now as well. And so this is a way for them. This is a way that they have started rewarding guys. Uh, they're even some of their own guys. You know, we've, we saw it uh, PTO with the Gabe Bork. Yep. You know, worked his way up. He was a rampage guy. And then, you know, ultimately finished out as an abs guys. He got Jared Bednar's trust, but 
There's a reason they haven't brought him back. You know, they improved the roster to the point where he was he was no longer viable for them. And he wasn't such a good AHL player. He's not a high-end AHL guy. So they went out and they got those guys to fill those specific roles. And this is where I think they've done a better job in recent years of kind of taking care of their own and figuring out that they can do that with these kinds of guys. Guys like Graves. He gives you a good 20 games. Okay, so you don't give him a one-way $900,000 deal, which is like, woo, that's big time, right? But you take care of him nonetheless. You give you make him one of the highest paid AHL defenders out there. You give him a really good deal, and he gets taken care of because he played well for you. Right. Exactly. It's you make the players want to be in your organization by doing things like this. And I, I think the M's have set themselves up quite well. I know we'll get more into this later in the week, but you bring in a guy like a TJ Tynan and a Jason mm-hmm. Magna as well. Every AHL team needs a couple of those guys in their system. Yep. You have to have a few and getting some of the best in the AHL is a really good look. It is. And it's, and it says what the, those guys are viewing, uh, how they view Colorado, because despite the money, if they didn't view Colorado as, as the Eagles as a viable option, if they didn't view them as some a place that was worthwhile to go and play, they wouldn't do it. Right, exactly. They, they're they all professional athletes. At whatever level they're at, they're, they're going to want to win. And the Eagles have a, a long, long history of being a successful franchise. And, and it's nice to see that that seems to be pushing through and continuing in the AHL as well. I mean, one in it, one AHL season, one playoff appearance, you know, that, and that's given the struggles the Avs have had with their AHL teams for years. It's not irrelevant. It's just not, you can nitpick how they got there, but they got there. They accomplished it. That was that bottom line. They're trying to build that tradition up of winning and keep the, the Eagles tradition of winning alive but they're also trying to build it in the Avs organization, a tradition that has not existed for them at, at that absolutely. level. Even even nitpicking that they needed help to get in the past four years before this, they were so far out of it and last in their division by such a wide margin that had they just missed, it still would have been a massive, massive improvement. And they made it. And hey, it was, it was fun while they were in there too. Yeah, it... Uh, ended kind of sadly, but <laughs> sure. I mean, when when you saw the matchup, you were it, it was not unexpected how it went. No, and and there were some great moments. The Agazino hat trick. Yeah, it it's always something special to to get playoff hockey at at any level, and it's been a long time for the minor leagues of the Ags, Avs organization. Well, and and the Avs all three levels last year made the postseason. Yeah, I I don't know when the last time that was that happened. I, I think maybe our AHL hasn't made it since what, like 2011, was it? I don't. Yeah, when so. back when they were Lake Erie. Yeah, yeah, it had been a long time for the AHL team, right? Um, but for all three of them to make it was was a good thing. And guys like Graves, you know, you look at Graves, and we have the conversation: is he on the NHL roster? Is he is he on the AHL roster? That they have that depth, even without Ian Cole, you know they've got they've got nine guys under contract right now between 
Johnson, Cole, Zadorov, Barbario, Connaughton, Makar, Rosen, Graves, and Gerard. Yeah, you throw any of those guys into the lineup on any given night, and you're not having any complaints, right? Right. Like those are guys that you can all, you know, they're they have roles. Yeah. You know, we talk about the Connaughton, Barbario, Graves, Rosen guys in one conversation. You know, that's their their one set of expectations. Yeah. Um, but you know, the guys that don't make that out of that nine, they're gonna go they have to go somewhere and they're gonna go down to the Eagles and be key pieces for them. Right. And and if and if it's Graves, and this contract certainly sets it up for Graves to likely be one of those guys. He's at at the very least, he's going to be very well compensated for that quote unquote disappointment. And that's a good job because they took care of a guy that they brought in and said, Hey, show us what you got. They liked what they saw and they rewarded him. He gave them good games and they, they gave him a hefty raise at the level he's likely to play at setting him up for a nice career of making that kind of money at that level. If he never improves. You're right. And another thing there, I don't know how relevant it actually is, but for some teams that are maybe a little bit more cash strapped, not cap strapped, but aren't willing to shell out quite as much cash, mm-hmm. you're trying to get a guy through waivers like Graves and teams are going to be looking at that and saying, okay, well, they're paying this guy 735k on their NHL roster. That's not too expensive, but is it something that we really want to take a dive on for for claiming a guy? Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, well, and then even if they do claim him and they, they hang him around for a month and a half, you know, and then he's got to, and then they try to send him down. Then right. if they successfully send him down, now they're paying him 350 in the AHL when a lot of AHL guys are making 70K. Right. And... And yeah, Graves was making what six fifty in the NHL last year, I think. So he will be making more money at at every level, regardless of whether he's playing in the NHL or the AHL in the Avs yeah. system. And it was six fifty in the NHL and eighty five in the AHL. So a significant raise to the the floor of what he'll make this year. So eighty five to three hundred and fifty was the raise that they gave him at yeah. the at the lowest at. at at, at like worst case scenario for Ryan Graves, and, and uh, the proof is in the pudding here that this works because Graves signed. He could have waited <laughs> and gone all the way to arbitration right. if he wanted to. He so. could have continued because that's what those kinds of guys will argue over AHL money. Instead, the yeah. Avs said, "Hey, we will quadruple your salary." Yeah, are you cool with that? And he said yes. So there you go. Um, the Avs took care of a guy that. <laughs> deserved being taken care of uh and in some fashion you know it's not like it's not like they set him up for life but they did him they they gave him a nice hefty raise i think any of us would take an offer from our current employer and say hey um keep doing what you're doing but we're going to give you four times the money yeah no no doubt about it, it it's hard to say no to that <laughs> yeah so it's uh I was happy to see it. I'm happy for Graves. He's a good dude. Uh he'll be in that conversation uh for the Avs. And hey, if he ends up if he ends up in the NHL for them, 
You know, they they have done a really good job here of setting up the back end of their defense to not be very expensive. Um, Callie Rosen, 750K. Ryan Graves, 735K. Those are the kinds of prices you want on, on back end young defenders. Uh, Connaughton and Barbario are a little more expensive than you'd like, but they're also 29, so it's a different world. Um, yeah, it's... May the best man win here. This is yeah. this will be an interesting year for the Avs bottom pairing, but at the end of it, I think things will be very solid. Any final thoughts on this? I'm glad that they didn't just completely write Graves off. Obviously, the QO had to be in before the some of the moves they made, but yeah. They gave him a contract that that says, look, if you earn the NHL spot, you earn it. It's mm-hmm. not just you're stuck behind all these new guys coming in. Definitely. And the AHL money says, thank you for what you did for us last year. Yeah, exactly. All right. Before we jump into our next segment, I want to tell you guys about a really awesome deal for our BSN listeners. That's you. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Plus, they are now offering CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can now enjoy CBD products on your next visit. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN20 to save 20% off and have it delivered straight to your door. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Bev, and we will be right back. Welcome in third and final segment here of the uh, Monday edition of the BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Rudo, as much as we liked the Graves deal getting done, hey, it's one less contract to worry about this summer. Um, it was not the RFA contract that got the hockey world talking today. Instead, out in San Jose, Kevin LeBanc signs for one year, $1 million. If you haven't heard of Kevin LeBanc, well, you're an Avs fan, so you should have because he was pretty good in that series against the Avs. Um, But second of all, 56 points this last year, 40 points the year before, a two-year total of 96 points, and he just got a million dollars. Yeah, that's even for one year, that's ridiculous that that was allowed to even happen. I don't understand how they managed to agree on that deal at all. Is this, is this the kind of deal where the NHLPA needs to say, hold on? I would definitely at least raise a finger on that one. You're especially, you look at Alex Kerfoot just signed for three and a half million for four years. As a guy who put up what? 80, I think 86 points, less points than LeBanc had over the last two seasons. Yeah. So, and this guy signed for less than a third of that similar age, but lower scoring and three and a half million to one to one year, $1 million. Yeah. And obviously the, the one year is the giveaway here. No doubt he'll be making significantly more after this year is up. He could score 20 points this year and justify a raise. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it makes no sense that he signed it in the first place. I don't get him. San Jose is just about done with their business. That sounds, that phrasing is just gross. It's not how I mean it, but (laughs) San Jose is more or less done. 
signing the guys that they need to sign. Getting ready to take off their business socks. It's basically... It's ba- well played. <laughs> it's basically just Joe Thornton left. And, like, yeah. they still have Dylan Gambrell, but that won't be a big issue. And he probably won't be on the NHL team, so... Um, they still have five million in space. Why in the world would Kevin LeBanc do this? Yeah, I don't understand. What's the motivation here? I'm I'm at a loss. I thought the whole plan was to bring old man Jumbo back on a super cheap contract because he's old and at the end of his career, basically. But maybe Jumbo said no, and then for some reason they convinced LeBanc to do it instead. I. From the shark side, I, I totally understand it. From LeBanc's side and his agent side, I do not. At, not even a little bit. This is the kind of contract teams dream of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have a 23-year-old coming off his ELC, an ELC in which he produced 116 points in 214 games and got better every year. You know, went from 20 points his rookie year to 40 points to 56 points. uh, Scored nine points in 20 games in the playoffs for you. So he was good there, too. Like, this is, and and is a guy that you already stole in the sixth round back in 2014. This is, I mean, this is a huge scout and development win for you. And now you get this? I mean, I get it. It's only one year. But... Every time that we talk about, oh, a team is in salary cap trouble. Oh, man, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Something like this seems to happen. Oh, yeah. Now, they had to give away a couple of players to get there. But this is still a good deal for them. I mean, losing Joe Pavelski is not irrelevant. But one year, one million for Kevin LeBanc is theft. Yeah. it. They'd have very possibly had to give away another player if LeBanc got what he deserved as far as, as dollar value is concerned. I I don't know. Maybe LeBanc just absolutely believes that they're going to win the cup this year and is, he wanted to be a part of it. I don't know. Is that when he, he, he was an RFA? He wasn't getting an offer sheet. He was going to be a part of it anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, but maybe. Would you rather be a part of it by one million or three million, even two and a half million, which would have been a great deal I, for him? I'm with you. I don't. At two million dollars, I'd have raised an eyebrow, but said, oh, "Okay, that's a cheap deal." At one million, it's just absurd. Is this a case of a young guy thinking he's invincible and just being like, oh, "I got this"? Maybe, maybe a little bit. You know, I wonder if it was like, "Look, if you take this deal, we'll play you next to friggin' Joe Thornton." And he said, okay, I can score 70 points next to that guy. <laughs> or, I mean, maybe he takes the Donskoy job. Yeah, that's true. You know, next to next to uh, Hurdle and Kane, like, that's not a bad job either. No, yeah, you're, I think he's perfectly happy there, but I still, he could take that job and, and be paid more than a million dollars this year, I think. Um, I don't get it, man. Yeah, me either. Um. You got to wonder if they're like, hey, did, did they did, did they buy him a house? You know, San Jose right. living is certainly not cheap. Where's the uh, is he? Where's, where's the minimum of six million on his next deal? Or right. Something? Like, is there is there some there's got to be some element that we're missing because this in no way does this feel on the up and up. Not even a little. Bit. Yeah, right. Something's going on. <laughs> I 
it doesn't feel good, man. And I mean, what is this? This ties into you know Kerfoot signed for three and a half million, which is also what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, JT Comfer. Yep. Is twenty four years old. He's a year older than LeBanc, and he's coming off of a thirty two point season, and he scored sixty points in his ELC. Well, if you can get him for $800,000, you should do it. <laughs> Half the production of Kevin LeBanc. I mean, at this point, there isn't a number low enough. League minimum is 600K. So. I mean, you. It, this in. I don't feel like in any way this can be used as a comparable for anything ever. It's no, just. Yeah. It's one of those contracts that's. It's too far out there. Yeah, it, if you try to bring this up in arbitration, they'll laugh you out of the courtroom, I think. <laughs> it, yeah, I, maybe in a couple of years the Avs can make a deal like this and, and we'll be laughing about it. But to see other teams do it, it just makes you scratch your head and, and think, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't get it, man. But with that deal... um. Kerfoot, four yeah. years, three and a half million. Good for him. More than anything, though, I think that that sets us should set. I mean, we're now in crazy land where anything can happen after the LeBanc thing, <laughs> but dismissing that extreme oddity, I think we're in a world where Comfort can't get more than that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. And I think even giving him that would be too much. Um, for me, I think he's, I would say, Three million is where I'd stop at comp for comfort now. Yeah, unless you're you really believe in the guy and you're doing like let's say they want to give him six years or whatever. <sighs> Jesus. And then I'd say, okay, well, give him three and three quarters or something. Then, <laughs> but I mean, if they were going to give him a long term deal, then you're hoping to buy some safety. You know, right. you're hoping that by the end of that deal, it's a good, it's good value. You would you would have to get in the in the neighborhood of four to get the long term, yeah. I think. Right. So like three I, seven five I think is is a I think you're spot low on end. there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. If that's the way they want to go, I'd be perfectly happy with it. But if we're looking at more of a, a four year or less bridge type kind of deal, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to go over three and a quarter, I think. Yeah. Vlad Kamenev, Andre Burakovsky, two other RFAs. Yeah, I don't. Where do do any of these contracts help with those conversations, or are they? You know, Kamenev was already a guy that you're talking about getting eight hundred k and maybe just a one way contract instead. Yeah, if, I think they should probably just give Kamenev the one way still. He's right now he's the thirteenth forward at worst. Uh, I don't think it really impacts Comfer at all or, or the Avs cap hit in any significant way on him. I would like to see him in the starting lineup. That's going to be hard to fit him in with Belmar now, but he's earned a contract, you know, give him a one-year deal one way. And if he can stay healthy this year, then you can go from that. If not, then well, oh, well. I'm not sure where I don't know where Cam and if fits. They they packed this forward core full. Um, yeah, it is tight for sure. But 
right now he makes more sense than anyone else as a 13th forward, I think. Or maybe they signed Belmar to be that guy. Huh? Huh? I mean, I'm no? for it. If no, they want to pay a guy 1.8 million to sit in the press box, <laughs> I'd be fine with it. You're not a believer cuz I certainly am not either. No. I don't I think he'll be in the lineup for sure. <laughs> <laughs> These RFA deals, uh, we expect them with Comfort filing for arbitration, Sheldon Dries filing for arbitration. Uh, we expect these to be done in the next month. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Dries gets even close to arbitration, right? I mean, he's not going to have a ton to argue there. He shouldn't. Uh, with Comfort, it just depends on the the offer there. It's actually interesting the Burakovsky conversation there because they're both twenty four. Burakovsky's scored twenty five points the last two years, but has a couple of years in the thirties before that. That's pretty similar to Comfort's two full years of production, and and his QO is three point two five. So maybe you just give them both the same deal and and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd, I'd be okay with that. Just copy and paste, change the names. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <Give them> a, <laughs> say, here's your two years or three years at, at three and a quarter. and <laughs> That's the ultimate, I'm on vacation, stop bothering me move right there. <laughs> well, and it, it works out because it gives both of them the opportunity to say, look, if you guys have more to give, this is the contract to do it on. Speaking of contracts, one last thing I want to touch on today. The Avs are at 37. Yep. And even after all the RFAs have signed, Mm -hmm. that's eight of them. They have eight RFAs. That's still five contracts to play with. Yeah. I mean, you assume one of them is going to Byram, though, if he does get sent back, it slides. Yeah. So that's even that one is up in the air. Yeah. And even if we assume he stays, that's you're okay. 46. We've got four remaining. All of this to say, what the hell is going on yeah. with Brandon Sajan? Right. It's uh, the fact that it's not done yet is, is a bit silly to me. It's disappointing as can be. Not only Brandon Sajan, but, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up until. It gets taken care of. Um, although I do think eventually they find something, but are we going to get a goaltender or? Yeah. Yeah. That's. Do they really feel comfortable going with Werner as their third goalie? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It, you know, you, you, sit here and you say, all right, the Avs have a plan on draft day. And then you pick Brandon Sajan in the fifth round and he's Mm -hmm. still not signed. And you wonder, was there a plan? What happened to the plan? (laughs) The one, the one thing, um, yeah, with Sajan, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, But the, other thing about the goalies. Yeah. 
they waited to the point where there are four goaltenders right now on the market that had more than 10 NHL games played last year. None of the guys who appeared in an NHL game last season uh, had a save percentage of 900. None of them. Of the UFAs that are still remaining who played in an NHL game last year. I mean, I guess at that point, why not just Yolo Werner, right? <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, Hunter Miska is still on this list. Yeah, I guess he he's could still, still sign an NHL deal, right? Yeah, he's still officially, I mean, with no NHL deal, I guess that's probably why he's on this list. Um, But the other guys on here, Cam Ward, Chad Johnson, Antti Niemi, Mike McKenna, Scott Darling, Michael Neuverth, Peter Budai retired. Yep. And Edward Edward Pascal. That's not an encouraging list, really. This is, is this has gotta be setting up for like another another dip into the trading pool. Yeah. Because what in the world? Why would you wait this long? Like and I don't uh, somebody accused me last week of freaking out about this, and I don't think I'm freaking out about it. Having a third goaltender is important. It is not irrelevant. And they have set themselves up in this position where their third goaltender right now is a guy with zero games played in North America and who wasn't even a full-time starter in the SHL. So it's, it's a tough spot. I, it's a tough spot. They put themselves in though. They did. It, it's totally on them. I, I just trying to sort it out. And I wonder I wonder if they have confidence in like their abilities to get someone off of waivers or something if it comes down to that. Because we saw, I, I mentioned the last time we talked about goalies that Pigger got traded for a sixth, but then yeah. he was waived like twice more that year. Yeah, and so, and you remember Toronto last year lost McElhaney and Pickard at the same time, right, both on waivers. So, so if even if that's their plan, like oh, we're gonna go because they've certainly hunted the waiver wire for guys, but that's not a third goaltender plan. No, it's certainly you can't claim the guy and then be like, oh, we're just going to send him to the AHL. Right. You'd have to have some timings align real well for you there for that to work out. So that's not a that's not a realistic plan because of how claiming guys on waivers works. Yeah, I. Again, I, I think I'm more open to you of just saying, look, if our goalies get hurt and we got to play Werner a bit. Just play Werner a bit. Uh, I I don't hate the idea. I do think they could do better, but it's it's not that I hate the idea. It's that it's just irresponsible, and like it's it's avoidable. Like a third goaltender market is one of the cheapest markets out there. It's it's one of the most cost efficient positions out there, given its importance. So I I'm just yeah I. It's just weird, right? Why not, like, if they really are that worried about it, just give Miska an NHL deal and be done with it, right? And even that, I would say, is irresponsible just because he hasn't done anything. <laughs> but at least that's something, right? Like, at least at least then you have four goaltenders and there's a plan in place where you're like, okay, I may not agree with the plan, but at least there's something there. 
right now this just this is the one thing that they've done this summer they haven't done this summer that feels unfinished to me like the uh, signing the rfas that always takes time especially the big ticket ones like that's all business is normal this isn't this is this is abnormal business I wonder. Yeah, that's it, it is. There's no there's no denying about that. I'm just trying to figure out what their game plan is and what they have excess of and and they have an excess of bottom pairing or AHL caliber defensemen. So I'm wondering if they're saying maybe we can use one of these guys to to figure out our third goalie situation like you said if they're looking at that trade market. Well, out of curiosity, let me see if there are any interesting RFA goalies that are realistic and not like Jordan Bennington, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be a little un- unrealistic, but. Yeah, so David Riddich, uh, Linus Olmark, Jordan Bennington, Malcolm Subban, Aiden Hill, Cal Peterson, Samuel Montabal, and Eric Comrie. So an interesting list there. I wonder if they might be able to flip one of those defensemen for one of those goalies. Obviously not the NHL goalies. Subban stood out to me there. Well, he's their he's their backup. He is. But it's also a situation where Vegas still needs to dump cap. You know what would be funny is to offer him like a $2 million deal. <laughs> Like offer sheet a backup goaltender for two million dollars, like a horrible spot. Yeah, where they're already they're still over the cap. They're still trying to figure it out. Um, and they now they've got to try and deal with okay, two million dollars on our backup goaltender. We can't pay that. Right. What's but- what's the highest amount of money they can pay without a and without compensation would be where I would go. Right. Right. The one dollar below that next level or whatever. Yeah. But. But that's uh, that's also the kind of goalie that that we're kind of looking at here, right? He's very much in a similar vein to Calvin Pickard, where he does yeah. have a decent amount of NHL experience. But yep. when you try and give him a good amount of games, that save percentage and goals against average don't look great. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's not he's not uh, gonna live up to the fact that he was a first rounder. But I think he's a guy that could be a solid a solid backup. He's been all right for Vegas. Not, I mean, I would say, I would say probably a little below average, but not like, oh my God, terrible. And given their, their problems, you know, and, and if you pay, if you do give them say $2 million or whatever it is, um, that dissuades a team from claiming him because they don't don't want to pay that guy. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, obviously there's a, there's a lot of speculation going into something like that, but something in that vein might make sense. It it's unfortunate that they'd have to give anything up to go get a third string goalie, but yeah. Yeah. I'm it's just more than anything. I just, it just doesn't feel like it makes sense to me. Right. That's, that's really where I am with it. When's the last time the Evs had only three goalies on contracts? Like, I I don't know. So no compensation. Um, 1.395 million. Yeah. So just do that and say, so offer, offer him 1.394 million and sign him to a one year deal. Yeah. And, and if they match, then okay, they've matched. And now they're, that's, that's another 
they're probably nine four million that they have to worry about. Right. (laughs) And if they don't match, then you have the most expensive, you have one of the most expensive third goaltenders around, but you don't give a shit. Right. They have what's wrong with that? Plenty of cap space to deal with that for a year. It's not a big deal. Give a hoot. Yep. I should say (laughs) language. My apologies. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and get out of here. I don't want somebody to accuse me of freaking out again. I swear I'm not. <laughs> Too late. It's just, I'm, I just don't see, I don't see a plan here and I don't like that. That's not good business. Plans are good. <sighs> Plans are good. And we plan to be back tomorrow. What we're going to talk about, I'm not sure of, but we do plan to be back tomorrow we're not going anywhere, guys. The podcast isn't going anywhere. We will be at you five days a week until uh, maybe when I go on vacation, which may never happen at this rate, but we'll <laughs> see. Uh, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network